The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, well, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents that was lost than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling again, grumbling about Jesus. And for as much as he drove them crazy, Crazy. They were obsessed. They were tracking his every move, documenting his every teaching, critiquing what he ate, when he ate, and with whom he ate. Just thinking about him set their blood to boiling, and they were thinking about him all of the time. If they had Twitter... At midnight, they would get a string of tweets about what Jesus was doing. And mostly, Jesus just went about his business, healing the sick, teaching about God, preaching about repentance and forgiveness, and inviting all to be his disciples. But always, the religious leaders were lingering out there, obsessing, about this wandering rabbi, wondering how this guy could get such a following. This crowd had formed around Jesus. The grumbling religious leaders hated how he could draw a crowd, and they also kind of hated the crowd itself. Ugh, they moaned. This guy, this guy, welcomes these sinners and eats with them. 
But Jesus didn't respond directly to the grumblers. Instead, he told them a couple of stories called parables. And a parable is just a, a story that is about more than what the story says it's about. Jesus liked to talk in parables, maybe because he could say things uh, that he couldn't say quite openly, or because of the way that parables stick with us and, and make us think about them. Every time we come back to them, we discover something a little different. Or maybe because he could use them to speak at multiple levels at the same time. Early in Luke's Gospel, Jesus and the Pharisees collided over the issue of who sits at Jesus' table. And here at Christ Lutheran, when we set this communion table, we know that it's Christ's table. It's not our table. And we know that Jesus sat at the table with all types of people. So we know that we each definitely have a place at this table. And we know that in part because a long time ago, Jesus called a sinful tax collector named Levi to be his disciple. And Levi gave up his whole way of life. He repented and became a follower of Jesus. And when he did, he then threw this huge party for Jesus at his house, and he invited all of his wild friends. Jesus' religious friends, the Pharisees, were shocked and appalled that Jesus was at this party. And they rushed and they told Jesus' other disciples, What is he doing? Why are y'all eating with, and drinking with these people? And Jesus made it clear to them, I, I came for these people. I came for these people. They need me. As Jesus' ministry went on, it became clear just how many people needed him. And his message of love, his forgiveness, his invitation to turn their lives around, to give up whatever was holding them back from being the person that God made them to be and become a follower of the way of grace, mercy, and peace. It is a message of hope, possibility, redemption, and purpose that resonates today, especially with those who can no longer pretend that we can make it on our own. We need assurance of grace. We need community. We need friends and family we can trust to walk with us along the way of life. And this is what Jesus offers the world today. He himself is the Good Shepherd. Jesus' mission has always been to save the lost, whoever and wherever they may be. And this pair of parables shows this yet again. But these parables do more than remind us of part of Jesus' ministry. They also make us think a little deeper about who the lost are and how God searches for the lost and what happens to us all when the lost are found and brought home. Luke provides us with more than just parables of lost sheep and lost coins. We might also call this parable the parable of the listeners and the grumblers, because his audience also tells us about Jesus' mission to search carefully for the lost and restore them. 
There are two groups who surround Jesus as he's speaking, the tax collectors and sinners who come near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes who were grumbling. At first read, it may seem obvious that when Jesus tells his stories about a sheep that is lost and then found by the shepherd, and a lost coin that was found by its owner, that the people who have been lost are those sinners and tax collectors, and Jesus is telling the Pharisees that, that he has come to find them and bring them home back into the community. But in this story, in this story itself, it's the sinners who are close to Jesus. It's the sinners who are already eating with him. It's the sinners who hear Jesus, Luke says. They hear him. In the Bible, hearing is actually a sign of repentance and conversion. Those called sinners in this story don't actually seem too lost. They are the ones in the story who already belong to Jesus, drawing near, not, not, not lost, hearing, showing their conversion. Another sign that those called sinners in the story are not so lost themselves is that they join Jesus for meals. Table fellowship is another symbol in the Bible of spiritual unity. When we come to the table, we pray the Holy Spirit unites us with God and all of God's people throughout eternity. Sinners and tax collectors eating with Jesus are already spiritually united with the Son of God. They aren't lost. But pouting in the corner cantankerous about this fellow and his message and his company, missing out, really, the fruits of beloved community, rejecting the spiritual uplift of receiving forgiveness. Are those grumbling religious folks, those who wear the scarlet letter of their sin, those known primarily by the deeds of their past, those who are made to feel unworthy, disgusting, and unwelcome to family meals and community gatherings, those are the people who flock to Jesus in the Gospels. They are drawn to him. A couple days a week, Lydia Grace and I go together to the JCC to pick up River from daycare, and her room is at the far end of a long hallway, and Lydia Grace loves to sing and skip her way all the way down that hallway. And the whole of the Jewish Community Center knows when she is there, and so does River, who by the time we get to her room is crawling as fast as her little arms and legs can carry her across the floor. She is so excited to be swept up in our arms and smothered with big sister kisses because she knows her people are there. She hears us, you, coming. She waves and blows kisses to her cooing and swooning teachers. She knows she's going home to safety, to snacks, to rest, to belonging and love. Jesus sets foot on this earth 
and his people flock to him. From Allison Hill to Atlanta, Georgia, to Nairobi, Kenya, to Ethiopia, to Merida, Mexico, I've met Christians who have every reason to feel lost to the world. In fact, people even tell them they're lost. People who have struggled so much, people who've gone through tremendous trials, who have been persecuted for their faith. And when I met them, they're clinging to Jesus, flocking to him. They praise God for his blessings. They plead with God, trusting his goodness. They tell everyone who will listen about all that God has done, no matter what others say about them. Many who the world may label as outcast and sinner, those whose lives make it harder for an outsider looking in to consider that that is a blessed life. They are the picture of Jesus' devoted flock. It's the grumblers who are lost in this story, aren't they? They don't come to the table. They won't. They don't draw near to him. So Jesus tells his story knowing good and well that they are listening and as his flock drink up the mercy of his word, huddled at his feet. We are living in a disturbingly polarized time. Our nation is divided politically, economically, racially. Our whole world is becoming divided by nationalism. Communities are broken, families are broken. And there's so much grumbling My God, there is so much grumbling. Democrats, we wonder how Jesus could eat with those Republicans. Republicans, we wonder how Jesus could spend so much time with those tax-collecting Democrats. And I think that we are all seeing the effects of this division. People are falling through the cracks. There is so much despair isolation and anxiety and fear and violence. People are feeling overwhelmed. And God sees. On the one hand, God may feel as he felt when he told Moses about Moses' people. I've seen this people, Moses, your people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them. But Moses argued with God, God, these are your people, not my people. You made these people. These are your people. And he begs them, he begs God to spare his crazy, broken, terrified people, leading God to change his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. Jesus says, instead, God comes to us comes to us in our brokenness, and some flock to him knowing their help and salvation has arrived, and others are lost. Jesus makes clear that each and every soul has value and worth in his family. Every person belongs. No matter how determined and stiff-necked the grumbling may be to remain lost, to remain on the outside, no matter how much someone fears that they've been forgotten because no one seems to be looking, 
No matter how much someone may think that they are too far gone, just let me remain lost. No matter how much someone may feel they aren't worth looking for, God notices and God acts because there is no lost cause for Jesus. Jesus says the shepherd leaves immediately and goes after the lost sheep and doesn't stop looking until he finds it. And for God, eternity is a long time. Until he finds it, God is active. God is physical, lifting on his own shoulders the lost and carrying them home. God is like that. God is like a woman. God is like a woman who lost that coin. She carefully searches. She lights her lamp like a rescue crew using a searchlight to search for someone who is lost at night. She sweeps the house and does not stop searching carefully, carefully, until she finds it. And that's what God is like. Because so precious are both the stiff-necked and the gracious. God's love and God's quest for those who are not seated at his table is unrelenting. In life, the boxes aren't so clear. Sometimes we may be the lost, and we can be comforted that God comes looking for us until God finds us. At times, we are clinging to the hem of his garment, hearts wide open for the grace and love that God pours into us. What is clear is Jesus is not going to stop looking, not going to stop searching for a single lost person. No one remains lost. And that means that we must all figure out how to welcome home those who have been written off and be prepared for God to restore them to our community and to our hearts. And what we should hear from Jesus, what he's writing into our hearts, is the promise that God's love is active, personal. God's love does not let anyone go. And that God does not stop until every single lost sheep is home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.